I'm Brandon. And I'm Brandon. And welcome back to Apollo City Comics, your anything and everything comic book podcast. And today, dude, we are kind of switching things up. I mean, we talk, we've been talking the last few episodes, you know, during our Kingdom Come overview and with Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Why do I always say Michael Douglas? <laughs> Man, in my I head, I keep last on name. that. It's a Douglas, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jason um, Douglas. Jason <laughs> Douglas, yeah. So with our conversation with Jason, we talked about it. And it's just like one of our favorite books, actually. And I feel like I say this all the fucking time, but I read a lot of comics when I was getting back into comics. But this was one of those books when I was getting back into comics that like I read issue. What's well, so weird? We'll talk about the format real quick before. We oh, God, to, we, we were uh, already just figuring it out like it the past 20 minutes. Such, like, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. The first chapter of this uh, story, first two chapters, I guess the prologue in this one. Um, just blew my mind and just one of the pages are just so memorable and Alan Moore and the people he worked with are really good at making memorable pages Um, but I'm excited to talk about issue one of Miracle Man today so you know as he would say get some energy and Komoda and we we snuggle up with our cup of coffee that we probably got from Coffee and Comic over at coffeeandcomic.com you got to yell Komoda as you drink your coffee. Yeah. Um, and I need it. Dude, I'm so asleep right now. But um, hit up Frank. Set up a pool list. Like, get your books bagged and boarded. All the variant covers you want. Like, he'll even try to order you stuff. Like, you get you get stickers and, like, all this cool coffee and just, like, different things. And all you're paying for is, you know, comics and shipping. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, it's you to win. What Use Coffee doing? and Comic to get that missing issue. I know we all have them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Dig for for site, me, shoot him a message. He'll help you yeah. out. Find a link. For yeah. me, it's old. It's that uh, old Harley series, the one where she's literally in the future as an old lady. I'm still missing like issues three, four, and five, or some shit like that. Oh man, is that the one yeah. where she went to like Apocalypse too? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or no, no, she went to Apocalypse in a different, in a regular oh, run. Oh, it's a different. Oh, it's a regular run. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I gotta hit him up for though. Yeah, yeah. Go dig, go yeah. dig through. He might have something in the the backlogs, but and you know what? Use our fifteen percent off discount code. There, there's a bigger discount off of just like getting your books bagged and boarded with like a bunch of freebie stuff and some coffee. You know, you need that coffee. We all need that coffee, oh, and yeah. we definitely need to to like read an Alan Moore comic um, <laughs> <laughs> because, dude, I I read the script for this too. Actually, it's in um one of the one of the things I'm I'm really excited to cover this book for. For one, it's like it's Miracle Man, and we've never really gotten to talk about it. But I have an excuse to finally read Komoda, the Miracle Man Companion, um, with the forward by Alex Ross. And, you know, it's crazy. We had just done Kingdom Come, and I had listened to an interview with Alex Ross where he was talking about how, we talked about in the Kingdom Come episode, um, how it's kind of like a parallel, the Superman-Shazam fight um, to the Miracle Man, young Miracle Man fight. And in this forward, he addresses that. And I'll just read it real fast. Um, Kingdom Come, the first book I did for DC in 1995, owed a spiritual debt to books like Miracle Man that Moore and Gaiman created, a universe where heroes were few and far between and absolutely essential. There weren't a lot of uh, extraneous heroes flying into one another. At the climax of Miracle Man number 15, Miracle Man sees his only chance to protect the world is to kill Johnny Bates. And he does it. I couldn't imagine Superman doing that, and with the climax of Kingdom Come, I was hoping fans would notice the similarity between the two heroes. Uh, between the two heroes, would see that Superman had a morality that Miracle Man didn't. The, uh, my bad. 
I lost the shit. Oh, the climax to Miracle Man <laughs> didn't make me love the character more, but it did make uh, made me love the fiction of Alan more and more. Yeah, that's more and more. Um, yeah. Better than that inspired me. What higher praise can you give a book? Like, Miracle mm-hmm. Man inspired Kingdom Come. Like, that fight, that, like, clash, you know? Like, what would the... Putting different characters in that situation, what would happen? And mm-hmm. why is Superman the greatest superhero of all time, you know? And... Yeah. The Clash of Titans kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's so cool hearing Alex address that and seeing how deep like Miracle Man runs in creators. Because I feel like it's Mm -hmm. more of a, has a bigger creator fan base than it does an actual like reader fan base. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's because I think I was telling you, I watched that video about the convoluted history of Miracle Man. Oh, yeah. And I was like doing chores and washing dishes. And that's just like 40 minutes, dude. Like it goes... I mean, you could do a whole episode about the lawsuit between Todd McFarlane and Neil Gaiman alone. And like, and, and for credit, you know, Cartoonist Kayfabe does read the transcript. I know that's another channel, mm-hmm. but, you know, those guys inspired the fuck out of us. But um, there's I, I've watched the transcripts and it's I would love to, like, check that out here, too. Yeah, because it's, you know, comic book creators trying to explain comics to lawyers that had no fucking jack shit. Nothing. About comics. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And it's it's a, it's interesting. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing, too, is like Miracle Man was like uh, it was part of that peak like British. Do they call it the British invasion of like comics? Yeah. So yeah. this was like this was like what really bolstered that up because um, basically like Alan Moore was getting published in Warrior magazine who had claimed the rights uh, or somebody there could claim the rights to mm-hmm. Miracle Man um, from the 50s. You know, it was of early 40s. Uh, 50s comic called Marvel Man, a British comic, which was uh, a result Different from Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because it was it was a result of the the lawsuit between Captain Marvel being too similar to Superman. So then, when Captain Marvel was like destroyed as a character because this uh, similarity was too much to Superman, um, then some you know you know british dude was just like oh i'm gonna do this but they even say in some old marvel man um forward of like the 50s collection where they're just like you know uh captain marvel was always a a a marvelous man to us so we Mm -hmm. created marvel man and it was just their spin (laughs) on that but then there was issues between marvel and captain marvel yeah and their cosmic superhero yeah yeah um, um so there's a really good, uh, real quick, there's a really great channel that explains all this. Uh, there's plenty out there, but Comic Drake on YouTube, he does a really good job of like an in-depth description of like the whole lawsuit and just history behind all that dirty laundry behind Miracle Man. Um, the man could probably explain it a lot better than I could right now, for sure. <laughs> but uh, it's a great video. Uh, I recommend anybody to like check out if they're really curious. Yeah, and like the, some of that comes from like not only the way they claimed the rights from uh, the original creators was just kind of like a, a, you know, like a trust word, like a trustworthy word from somebody like they, nobody saw the actual paperwork that said that mm-hmm. they owned the rights. They just said that they did and just they floated prove around. it. And like, even when Alan was creating and working on certain stuff, you know, he owned supposedly one third of the rights um, to Miracle Man. And, he wasn't even fully sure if that was completely true because there could have been a deed that was like buried away or with somebody, uh, Mike Angelo, whoever created him, um, that still like proved that they would still own the rights instead of mm-hmm. everybody else. So that was like the first like kind of 
combuffle <laughs> that was going yeah. on. But um, there was also yeah. like the printing of it because, you know, we were just talking about the versions that we're reading right now. And, <laughs> you know, this was first printed. And also, like, if you look at the artwork, it looks kind of weird for the first couple chapters, kind of condensed because it was printed originally on magazine size formats for Warrior Magazine. And that only lasted a handful of issues. V for Vendetta was coming out in that same magazine at the time. And when Warrior Magazine kind of faded away, Eclipse Comics got the rights to a lot of that property um, or those properties that were involved. And they started printing Miracle Man, starting with Miracle Man, like number one, Rebirth. Uh, and this is, you know, this is the, like one of the first printings of it. Um, I actually found it in my old comic book shop. And I have a scan that we're going to be looking at right now of this book. But uh, it was Eclipse Comics that started printing this. And so these were the original single issues. And this was like the only way to really read Miracle Man unless you were lucky enough to get a, a trade, which is really hard to find. Um, but then, they, which what you have, which are the single issue reprints from Marvel that from came Marvel out a few years ago. 2014. 2014, when they reprinted yeah. 1 through 15. All the Alan Moore, and then leading into the Neil Gaiman yes. printings, um, the Bronze Age, but the Alan Moore stuff. Your printings apparently have, you know, chapters 1 through 4, just like the Eclipse comic one does. Mm -hmm. It has the prologues and the first few chapters, but then yours has backup stories. Like, yeah. And the Eclipse comics one doesn't have backup stories. And when you told me to read the first four chapters, I read the first four issues. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that like when I thought you were reading it too, I thought you were reading the hardcover, which is what I have of the reprinting, <laughs> which that doesn't have issue breaks. So when I was no. reading it, I was like, what fucking, where does issue one end? So then I went back to my Eclipse comic copy to see where issue one ended and just assumed it was the same. And I believe that your backup stories come from magazines like A1. And this yep. was like, dude, this shit is fucking trippy. This has Bill Sienkiewicz. This has uh, Gary Leach. This has Alan Moore. This has so many cool creators. I haven't, I have, I haven't read this yet, but I found it in my long box. We're gonna do a backlog breakout on this at one point, but um, we've got to break this out soon. But yeah, so even if you check out the cover, this, these are like the Warp Smiths, right? That are in, yeah. There's yeah. like a that there's that one bonus story or backup story where like we have to go travel in time to go see the. Uh, a fight breakout to utilize the energy and shit like that. And uh, oh, that's where the warp yeah. comes involved. Um, okay, there's a lot so of, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, well, what's funny is that like, and the whole thing with Alan Moore getting the rights or getting to create Marvel man, uh, miracle man. And you know, at, at that point when he first was writing it, it was Marvel man still. They didn't switch to miracle man until I think the eighties at some point, I want to say someone correct me, please. Yeah. That's, but, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> he, uh, he just thought it'd be funny to do like a parody of Superman because he was really inspired by Mad Magazine's Super Duper Man um, back in their early days. And mm -hmm. reading Super Duper Man is really what triggered Alan to be like, wouldn't it be funny if like he just forgot what word to say? Like he just like couldn't remember. And that like is what spawned the idea like in young Alan Moore like when he was like a, a kid basically reading Mad Magazine, just thinking it'd be funny if Shazam like forgot. Forgot like his word. word. Yeah. And that yeah. was where it all kind of or, picked up at that point. Or didn't realize what word they were saying in the moment. 
Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is I found out about this series. Sorry, if anybody's wondering, I'm literally going through all my comics to find my Neil Gaiman Miracle Man to show off the end of the episode, which I totally should have had ready. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the thing I was going to bring up was I found out about it because I was going through like a Marvel previews catalog or whatever. You know how like you get those in your pull list and mm-hmm. it's like, OK, let me see what I got to read next. And it was like the Alan Moore Miracle Man getting reprinted and Marvel has the rights. And then when you actually get the book from Marvel, you can't find it necessarily under Alan Moore because in the Marvel reprints, it says original writer. Yeah. Cause he, uh, I, I actually posted a picture of this. Um, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. So he is not credited as the writer in any of the Marvel reprints. It nope. always says the original writer for his run of the comics, but it shows the artist since he got rid of his rights and he wanted nothing to do with the project. Um, Same thing with his movies. Thing. Yeah. And there was a whole thing that happened. Um, let me see. Uh, this is an interview with uh, Alan Moore from the Komodo book. And he does address this. Uh, Talking about how did the series got to America. Um, basically. All right. So, but I did feel quite strongly since Marvel Comics came out around 1961 or something. Marvel Man had been po- copyrighted in 1954. I wrote a letter to them, which I guess could be, could have been considered as sarcastic. I don't know. But I did point out that at least in the version of the calendar that we tend to run by, 1954 was actually some years before 1961. That's really the only kind of claim that Marvel had upon the name. Not a moral one, but to do with Marvel's size. It was basically Marvel has got lawyers, Marvel's got immense financial resources, Marvel knew full well that whatever the moral rights or wrongs of the case, they could do whatever they wanted. So at Mm -hmm. that point, I wrote them a letter. I got in contact with them saying, fair enough. You know, you're big, (laughs) you're big, you're ugly. You could obviously stomp (laughs) us into the ground legally. So obviously we can't call the character Marvel Man. Please be assured that at no time in the future will I ever even consider working for Marvel Comics or with Marvel Comics in any way. That man has stuck to his word since then. Dude, talk about a man of his fucking word. Well, he just flat out hates the big super big two and superhero books overall. I mean, he's yet to connect himself to any DC property that's been made into a film. He's yet to ever write a book for them ever again. So mm-hmm. um, he's he's adamant about it. I mean, he claims to be a wizard, so he's using some sort of power there to hold back. Yeah, it's uh, it's miraculous, dude, and it's crazy because it's uh, it's interesting to see what he might have done with um, like. A, a Marvel character, if that hadn't yeah. happened, you know? But, I mean, interesting enough, uh, let's jump into the book. I mean, that's a lot of background history to kind of spit upon. And we'll be doing issue by issue, so we'll bring history and some facts and all that type of stuff every single episode. Um, so be ready for that, for sure. But, uh, dude, issue one. Um, Man, Rebirth. 75 cents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, comics. How times have changed. Gary Leach did the first... Uh, kind of a couple chapters of the a couple issues of um miracle man and he just like he wasn't fast enough to keep up with it so they did have to like kind of stop using him as an artist um and i think that's when alan davis steps up to it afterwards but oh we should also real quick we should also point out that alan moore had not written swamp thing at this time yet yeah this is this so, predates everything this is v for vendetta um, yeah. And which was not DC owned yet. It was Warrior Comics, small magazine mm-hmm. printed at this point. Um, I even have some, I got to see 
we'll cover V for Vendetta at some point, but I have them in single issue as well because it was collected just like how Marvel Man was in single issues before it went into big trade. Yeah. Mm. But so, um, this yeah, first chapter, go. the prologue, what's interesting about it is that you could tell this like, I don't think this is Gary Leach's art first off. Um, it's contrastly different from what we see later on. And it's one of those things where you can't tell if this was an original story that maybe they just changed some details and like word balloons and stuff around, or mm -hmm. if they did, you know, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Gary did do it because it's, he's a dope artist, but it's so on point and it's, it, it just doesn't seem like. It seems like it was lifted in a sense, but that's what's kind of cool is that no matter what, you know, you could put on that, the mystery of not knowing, like, did someone, did Gary Leach do this? Like, was this lifted? Like, just keeping you in mystery because it's that fucking good and it's that believable. It's also interesting because, like, it's, uh, it's doing the thing a lot of comics do, like, um, not a lot of comics, but a lot of like adult, more mature superhero stories where mm -hmm. they kind of reference the golden age, the good and the bad, how it's very black and white. Yeah. And then as you read Miracle Man, you realize it's not that simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, it, it's kind of interesting, especially with Miracle Man as he develops as a character, 100%. Uh, this, but that's a great way to start this because you start with a very black and white good versus evil story and then yeah. it starts to contort over time um i don't even know how to change pages here there we go uh but dude i love like this this all feels like the paneling that we've seen on like issue ones lately like i feel like this panel layout is very classic old school not for you know it's it's easy for you to like read it as, as like the average reader you just go left to right up from down you know so it helps the guide sizing you of them and just the weird like i don't know it's and the color mistakes. I love that. You know, like it's so on yeah. point. Well, if you look at right here at that page, you're, you have your mouse hovering over. It's literally the panels flip from the top page to the, uh, the top of the page and the bottom. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's fucking brilliant. It's really cool. Yeah. What's I love also it. interesting? Oh, sorry. I was gonna say on the second page is like how the panels don't line up in the gutter. I'm all pointing at it like you can see me, but uh, if you look at those bottom four panels right there. Oh, right here in this cross. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a perfect lineup. That's very true, too. Yeah, yeah. and that's the thing. We were seeing, like, bizarre panel sizing because they were rushing panels, you know, just or just, like, scanning pan pages with panels on them so quickly back in those days just to get work mm -hmm. out. That's where shit like that would happen. Um, But we're introduced to, you know, first off, the story starts off with uh, Kid Miracle Man, um, who we later find out, spoilers, is the enemy of the entire fucking series. <laughs> But uh, you, we also hear about um, Young Miracle Man. And isn't... These names. <laughs> isn't this guy's name Young Ma young Nasty Man or something like that? Um, um, everybody's got like bizarre golden age like hero and villain names. Yeah, like Young but... Nasty Man was somebody in this. And I think that was just fucking hilarious. But uh, they all have... So this was... Kid Miracle Man was supposed to replace Freddy... In the Shazam family, and then Young Miracle Man, I believe, was supposed to replace Mary in the Shazam family. Oh. And I guess they were just like instead of adding females back in the day, they would just add like they just wanted boys to be together and to mingle and wear tight outfits and fight crime and you know hang yeah. out. So 
There's just a lot of there's like pure dicks in this. It was like 100%. across the board too with the whole like Robin and Batman dynamic too. Like, yeah, it yeah. was like both publish like all publishers. And the British like were just like no women, none. Um, <laughs> They're like none at all. <laughs> fucking there's not a single one in this like prologue. Uh, and that's the thing. Like I I still believe like if this was a fucking fucking comic from back in the day, the way like I don't know the way it's all formatted trips me out but um so essentially they're just like fighting these beings that like came from the future you know time travel story you know like it's the mm-hmm. 50s and uh they come from the future and they start battling them but they're so strong because they're in the future that whenever the kid miracle man or young miracle man punch them like nothing happens so then miracle man and young miracle man travel to the future and then they go and fuck this these dudes shit up like they just take off and then they just get to the future and they fuck up. They the leave. Shit. They leave. Kid Miracle Man. They're like, stay here. Yeah, fight the like, crime while we go to the future. And he's like, like, okay. You know how like we couldn't fight anybody and kick their asses? We're just gonna leave you by yourself for a bit. So <laughs> you got this, kid. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it is funny. It's also that very golden, almost like Silver Age, really. really the whole like. We're going to fly to space and fight the aliens and then yep. we're going to time travel and everything's super goofy and just like, don't worry, citizen, we'll save the day. Yeah, the the science Gestapo. I think that's mm-hmm. hilarious, dude. These names, dude. Um, But I love the... And also, this is the original, like, coloring. When you look at the... You know, we talked about it with the Swamp Thing ones. I'll post pictures of this stuff. But uh, I with the Swamp Thing recolorings, especially with the Bernie Wrights and stuff... I really don't mm-hmm. care for it. Um, but the Miracle Man recoloring is like night and fucking day difference because uh, we'll go back to this page. But like a dream of flying, look at that page. And then I wonder how well you could see it here. But that recoloring. Yeah, is it's it literally flying. is night and day. A lot of books at this time, like if you re- like you were saying, if you read Swamp Thing, it's practically the same. Bless you. Well, no, I, the Swamp Thing ones I thought like just took away from the story, and I thought the Swamp Thing recolors- the original printings. No, the uh, the original printing. My bad. Uh, the original printings I I favor over the recolor. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I was saying yeah. um, the coloring on this kind of reminds me of the eighty Swamp Thing. Oh yeah, before yeah, the exactly. No, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And yeah. I think that's a testament to like what they are that attests to how they printed the books back in the eighties and kind of like how coloring kind of worked out back then. Cause like, if you read like eighties DC stuff and like early vertigo stuff, it's very similar to this color palette. Yeah. I get to even early Sandman kind of has like yeah. printing like this. Yeah. Um, but it works. It does. It really does work for that era. And it just like justice league international has similar color issues like this, uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, this page is why we, I don't know, inspired a bunch of people to go and buy Thus Spoke Zarathustra. I did. Um, and I started reading that shit just because of this fucking one page in this Alan Moore comic. <laughs> uh, and we, that's, that's the prologue. That's, uh, like chapter one of it. Um, and chapter two, it's like another prologue technically cause it's labeled like that. But, um, that's to introduce you to who Miracle Man was like a fifties, character and what a way to introduce them like that campiness that forgotten golden age feeling that's what we're dealing with here right now um Mm -hmm. and now we're going forward in time back into 1982 the one where they just traveled back and forth from uh and honestly i never understood this page until i recently reread it 
because I was like, okay, cool. It's like atomic and it's dealing with atomic stuff. Like, yeah, whatever. I did not realize that these people in this vehicle are the ones that are like holding the hostage situation later in the issue. Yeah, because the way it's like framed, it looks like they're the ones driving. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like it's it's just like I, I didn't get it at first. But this page right here, A Dream of Flying, changed my life, dude. I I saw this and I saw the graphics behind it, like what was going on and the dramatics that Gary Leach does, the the bomb going off right here. I think mm -hmm. that's just such a visceral, like insane panel, man. Like Whoa. and just the contrast between him like up here and then just like uh, young Miracle Man, just like his body split into two, like two yeah, beings came it's out so, of it. Because like, uh, you you find out that like Miracle Man and what's his name, Mike? No, the his real name, Mike. Um, yeah, yeah. Is it Mike? Yeah, it's Mike. Michael yeah. Moran. Michael Moran. I always get every time they do the thing with like the double like letters, like Bruce Banner, Michael Moran. You know what I mean? Like it always yeah. like tongue twists me. You realize that they're two separate entities. It's like two separate people sharing the same conscious and body. Yeah. And it's pretty like you're saying visceral is the best way to put it because the way they show Kid Miracle Man getting separated when the atomic bomb goes off and it's like two people stuck together like after everything settles. Yeah. It's like unsettling and gross. It's crazy like how painful it could be. And just this one page sets up the entire, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is happening? And this is where Alan Moore is like, you you can see Watchmen come at, like, be birthed from this one page, you know? Like, mm -hmm. this is this is where it all came from right here. Uh, but then we go to Michael Moran, his daily life. He's been married for 16 years. He has a total babe for a wife for some reason. Uh, for dude, some reason? <laughs> dude always has migraines. It's crazy, dude. So in the recoloring, his jacket is blue and so it looks more like the miracle man uh costume color so, scheme yeah so it's red right here but it's actually supposed to look like the miracle man outfit and i that's a fucking crazy catch right there i did not mm -hmm. know that um but also if you go to that first page again oh. the one the one that highlights a dream of flying uh you see how you, uh, the silhouette of michael's sleeping yeah in the reprint, it's, I believe, a different color as well. Let me go check that out. Yeah. Page before mine. Oh, yeah, it's red in mine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the recolorings just really made it way better, to be honest, like 100% better. There's not any anything I like more in the original coloring than this. Yeah. Well, things make sense. I guess, I mean... When you go back and look at it, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see why they would correct that. Yeah, and I mean, it just the recoloring added more emotion to a lot of these panels. Like even the yeah. these right here, where he sees a, a atomic backwards for the first time. That's all Komoda is is the word atomic backwards. Yeah. Um, but Michael Moran's a journalist, of course. He's a freelance journalist covering. This, <laughs> Everybody's right? a journalist. He works at the Daily Bugle. Yeah, dude, don't forget that. <laughs> you know, I thought I was reading the Neil Gaiman one, and I saw that Daily Bugle was dropped, and I was like, "Is that like because Marvel owns it?" And then I was reading the reprint, and it still says Daily Bugle. Yeah. But inside of the original one, it should still say the Daily Bugle. I it's say it is the Daily Bugle. I thought. I mean, well, I've only no, read the reprint. No, that's so. what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think I need to double check here in the original. I just forgot where it name drops the Daily Bugle. 
It's in like it's the- uh when he goes to talk to his boss and the guy with the sapphire teeth gets him. Oh, it is. It is the Daily Mr. Bugle Cream. still. It's still yeah. the Daily Bugle. Yeah, it's been the Daily Bugle the whole time. So I guess it's kind of interesting. I don't know. That was a good foreseeable foreshadowing of Marvel owning this shit. But, <laughs> Marvel flexing. Yeah, for real. It's like, I mean, I just wild that it still said it in the original printings, like that Alan Moore would put the Daily Bugle in general. Yeah. Well, would Marvel even notice it said Daily Bugle? Let's be honest. At that point, probably not. And I think yeah. when they got obtained the rights, they're like, well, that's fine. We got it now. They're like, whatever. It's already there. Um, but so, you know, Michael's checking out this whole, you know, it's plutonium or something that's going on. Uh, and there's a bunch of like, there's a whole exhibit kind of radioactive thing that he's covering and these people are coming to come steal it all. And that's when, you know, he hears something like there's very key words that like trigger what was happening with Michael, like his headache is spiking. He's seeing uh, the word atomic backwards. They even pull him to the side. And then they were saying something about like, this better not be a, a snowflake or something like that. Like just imp- implying that he's faking it, but they use mm-hmm. the word snow. And the day that, you know, the a bomb went off on them, it was snowing that day, which you really can't tell. But Alan Moore is very prominent in the script saying that it's snowing in this scene that, it's like yeah. heavily snowing, but I see no fucking snow in this scene. <laughs> like at all. He's telling you, but not showing you. Yeah, it's just like it's in the script, and I just don't think they were able to figure it out. You can kind of tell a bit more in the reprinting for sure. Um, there's actually white in the background. You could tell there's probably some frost and whatnot, but it just looks like he's in space, then not in like a snowstorm. But then he and says then, atomic for the first time backwards and turns into Miracle Man, which he's is like, like, I'm Miracle Man now. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because he like, you know, flexes a little bit, fights these dudes, reflects the bullets, like kind of realizes how strong he is. He blasts off, you know, I'm Miracle Man. I'm back. And he realizes that he was in like this 40 year old body, just like withering away. And now he has like, he's a fucking God. He's like, and that's the whole mm-hmm. thing about this is that it really focuses you on how Miracle Man doesn't have a lot of humanity and he's learning humanity. He's not very good at it too either, really. But his God, you know, essence stands out more than anything else. So going to face his wife. <laughs> um, she's like, who are you? <laughs> she's just tripping the fuck out. And just like, honestly, I love the conversation that they have together because miracle man is saying like how he believes he begot the powers is that uh mm-hmm. this like uh specter uh, being i can't read it because it's too tiny on my screen i can but, see uh, it yeah what was that what was this well, guy called she sees the boy cowering before the impossible specter that had conjured itself from the night or uh greetings mickey moran i am guntog boghelm yeah, there you go. And this dude, like, gifted him his powers, kind of just like Shazam got his powers. Yeah. He says, uh, I could actually read it. Uh, I am an astrophysicist who studies, whose studies have taken him far beyond the dull concerns of mere, mortal, of mere mortals. The key harmonic of the universe is mine to command, a word which, when spoken, bestowed godlike power upon the speaker. This is my gift to mankind. 
You have been chosen, Mickey Moran, for you conjure or your your courage, for your honesty. Special powers are yours to be used for the good. Of, sorry, it gets even blurrier. Actually, it's actually hard to read in the Marvel reprints as well. When I was rereading it, yeah, that, uh, font, is the, that font is killer in terms of like trying to decipher what the hell is going on. Uh, your powers to be used for the good of humanity. You need only to speak the word Komoda. So basically yeah. it's the, like the word for word, almost shot for shot, same exact origin story as Shazam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of go into like him, like telling her all about what's going on and the villains that he's faced and young miracle man and kid miracle man. And she's just like laughing her ass off. She's just like, how fucking goofy is any of that? It's just like when you tell any girl about like the comics you're reading or just like a random person, <laughs> like what you're reading and trying to describe that comic to them like Flex Metallo or like Swamp Thing or like Shade the Changing mm. Man and all the weird shit, you know what I mean? Or even Batman and Superman and just like classics no matter what. Just explaining a comic book to someone just sounds like the goofiest thing in the fucking world sometimes. And she just doesn't believe him. And then that's when like the tables kind of turn. Like, yeah, that's all goofy and yeah, that was the past. But I fucking went into this fucking battle with my two fucking basically children, like young boy young buddies. wards yeah young wards boy buddies yeah um, boy buddies <laughs> that should be like the new like phrase to call it a sidekick yes, hey yeah. you got your boy buddy with you yeah exactly um uh, boy buddies everyone make a t-shirt out of that. but um they, uh, he's like oh, I, I went into there and we all fucking died like mm -hmm. like an a-bomb went off like i went into an a-bomb and I didn't remember who I was for two years. And then she's like, oh, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. That's that's dick of me to like just laugh at you like yeah. that. And um, that's when, you know, also we start getting the clues that the villains coming into play. Um, some who is this mysterious guy? Fucking, I don't think they reveal who it is right away. No, he's just some guy sitting in office. It's like, what? Miracle Man is back. God damn it. And then he like smashes the table. Uh, real quick, I wanted to point something out that I think is interesting. So how many actual superhero stories has Alan Moore written besides Watchmen and Miracle Man? Oh, I mean, he's done Supreme, which is fucking amazing. Um, mm -hmm. of course he did, uh, the Batman and Superman stuff, um, which is Superman stuff is like, it's fucking He's amazing. done Superman stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Whatever I didn't know Killing to Joke. Whatever Tomorrow? That's like oh, that's right, great, yeah. We should read that if you haven't. That's um, a great one. Um, I was gonna say I noticed like the because you know like Watchmen is kind of like his peak in terms of like superhero comics, right? And you kind of see the seeds of like how he goes about his like superhero tropes. So for instance, rereading Miracle Man, they can he does like a greatest hits of a character's past. He did that in Watchmen as well. Like he kind of hints at like here's their past. Like with Miracle Man, it's like a brief shot of like all their like little villains they fought and just kind of like how they used to work together. And it's interesting how he kind of glosses over the, like the peak of the superhero, but focuses on kind of like the downfall, almost like worst parts of the superhero. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you know, I really want to show you Supreme. 
I got to find a way for us to do that on the show because I think we'll really appreciate um, his approach with like a Superman-esque character that isn't Superman. And yeah. it basically is if if really the entire run of Supreme is what if Alan Moore took over Superman? Uh, okay. It, dude, I read that like when I was at UTEP from that one year and I fucking, it was just one of those series that just blew me away with mm-hmm. how brilliant it was. And I can't does, even express to you how good it is. Does he kind of do a similar process of like showing the greatest hits of the superheroes peak, but then showing like their downfalls and it was like the main focus of the story. I mean, that's just Alan Moore. <laughs> he just focuses point. on the negative. <laughs> yeah. Like, and yeah. he always says that he's not trying to do that, but that's what he does. It's like, there's always going to be a rape scene in every Alan Moore comic, you know, like it's just, he has this formula that it just, it happens. He, there's that one line in Miracle Man. He's like, you virgin or something like that. I was like, why was yeah. that even put in there? Yeah, like, something he, weird like he does that. focus on some like real strange sexual tension at times. He even says that when, well, spoilers, but when Miracle Man and kid miracle man are fighting uh-huh. he says the sexual tension like there's a line that yeah. literally says that and you're like where where was the sexual tension like yeah <laughs> alan moore there's none there i'm telling you dude like british and their boy buddies you know that's they're why that's why there's no mary in this formula but i mean finally like miracle man has been back for a day and then he's banging like his he's, alternate ego's wife, you know? Yeah. Like, it's still, he's like, man, I got, he's like, I got crazy Superman powers. I'm about to stay this way and he's fucking like, you know, get this going. You know, I'm a God, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm a God, like, right? <laughs> and Are you trying chap- to do this or not? <laughs> this chapter with Johnny comes uh, marching home is crazy because we find out that Johnny Bates, um, and it's not saying he's alive and it looks like Johnny, but it also looks like how Johnny looked when he was kid miracle man, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of just like, well, what the fuck? And we find out how he survived. He got like a feeling when he was entering that ship and he just took off as fast as possible. Apparently, um, young miracle man didn't have that feeling cause he fucking got obliterated and for he sure that's confirmed smoked. <laughs> and the Neil Gaiman stuff that's finally coming out. That's like confirmed. He did fucking die and was gone. Um, and so like this dude runs like this giant tech company and he's a billionaire and he has his fucking tire. He is Ozzy Mandias in the story. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Moment, he's you know? the, he's the Lex Luthor. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly. know, the, that, the billionaire CEO villain. Yeah. You want to put trope. And him and Miracle, him and Michael Moran actually are talking. It's not even Miracle Man right now. Uh, it's Michael Moran talking to him. And they're kind of just like t- sharing stories and what's happened and what's changed. And there's a scene where fucking, you know, Mike is just like, you know, I'm putting on, he kind of pulls the Columbo. He's like, you know, just one more thing, you know? And then <laughs> he starts, <laughs> I'm uh, the bad guy. He's like, so let me get this straight. You know, you mean to tell me that after the explosion, you never went back to being like young miracle man. Um, I mean, kid miracle man and all this shit. And then he goes and fucking tricks him, pushes him off a fucking ledge to test him out. And then he fucking Kid Miracle Man comes up because he he hasn't changed. He stayed in that form all these mm-hmm. years and grew. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, and that's that's the counteractive, like what we're seeing in Kingdom Come, how one is aging while the other one's staying the same. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's a whole. That's the end of issue one. There's a lot. Four. That's yeah. four chapters. You know, of Miracle. Which Man. is funny. So let's uh, real quick just to like 
be on record for the show, the way they've gone about how to list this book up to this point is a nightmare back to that. Cause when you told me first four chapters in text, I was like, Oh, he means the first four issues. So I've read so far beyond what's actually considered the first four chapters. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I know miracle man is a very convoluted history, but it's even more convoluted for people trying to get into it. I feel like at least like what version you pick up. Yeah, I could see that. I could see how Miracle Man's always been a mess. And I think that's why like creators chase it out more than fans because it is mm -hmm. hard to access. And it's also like a really expensive book to get. If you it's don't, it's not on Marvel unlimited. Yeah. And the hardcovers are pretty kind of like pricey and they've never gone into paper trade back. Um, either. They haven't. No, it was just, just oh, the hardcover man. run. They just put them out so, once. And they're not going to really fuck with any of this anymore. The Alan Moore stuff, they're going to bury and they're going to leave it alone. And well, they did the omnibus recently. That's another way to get a hold of it. Yep, um, there it is. But other than that, I don't think we're going to see very much Miracle Man at a certain point. Well, it depends on which version. So to my point, when you go on Amazon, for instance, and try to look up. Miracle Man, it's literally listed under original author. And even the title original author is a clickable link that will basically take you to only Miracle Man. Oh, that's interesting. Because, yeah. So, like, even if you're trying to look under Alan Moore, it won't show up. And really, we'll get to it. But Miracle Man is pretty much listed under. Oh, God damn it. Hold on. Let me <laughs> unblur my background, uh, my messy apartment. But. You get this now, and that's it. That's all you get on Marvel Unlimited is this printing right here. Oh, the new the new Gaiman stuff. Right the now. new Neil Gaiman. Yeah, the Silver which, Age, and then you said the uh, was it what's the age before it? The Bronze Age. There's the there's the no. It goes the Golden Age, the Silver Age, and then he says the, as things progressively get worse, it goes into the Bronze Age. It's the Dark Age. But what's or the Dark Age? Sorry. And then if you look here, it's issued at issue one, but they mm -hmm. tell you the legacy. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, Legacy 23. Okay, it's hard to see on my screen, that's why. Sorry, yeah, and then right here, if you could see it, Legacy 24. Huh, interesting, yeah. I never noticed so, that. So, even more confusing for people trying to get into the series when you think about it, because it's like when you're trying to read Miracle Man now, you're like, okay, I want issue one, but why is it saying issue 23? Mm. Not to mention Marvel will release the issue zero. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Zero issue as a whole, just a bunch of short stories. Yeah, um, and I mean, there's so much more like bonus content because there's a Grant Morrison, Joe Casada short story at the end mm -hmm. of Volume Three. That's a probably a backup story in one of those issues. But yeah, man, that's that's. I mean, a lot of history of Miracle Man, and that's probably the most we'll explain, especially on any of these episodes. But yeah. there's just a lot to absorb with that. It's a any era of Miracle Man, like every like block of like or every decade is like a different fucking yeah. story. You can make an episode out of easily. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? we'll be touching base on issue two, and we'll just go issue by issue this year, um, yeah. and kind of blast through. And I'll be reading this uh, book full of interviews, and I'm kind of taking some notes. It has stuff with John Toldobian and Mark uh, Buckingham and Alan Moore interviews and Neil Gaiman and. Um, stuff about the original creation. So I'll try to drop some facts and, you know, maybe even do some research in some of these A1 magazines to see, like, fucking, oh, Neil Gaiman, Dave McKean are in here. <laughs> like, it's just, dude, yeah. It's fuck, Peter Milligan's in here. Like, I'm Eddie Campbell. 
Alan Moore and Gary Leach. Yeah, there is the first ghost, uh, yeah. Warp Smith's ghost dance. I'm going to try to see what's how they coincide. And there's a Flaming Carrot comic in here, too. I got to find that out. Of course, there is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's also point out, as with any Alan Moore story, uh, for anybody who wants to read Miracle Man that was written by him, he was an artist before writer. Mm. Um, yeah. So keep in mind the way he structures his books is from an artist perspective, like visual drawn artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that contributes to a lot of like why miracle, his era of miracle man is a little different than, or vastly different than Neil Gaiman's or any book he's written really. Um, it kind of like changes the way you look at the book because he does like a lot of his books have a very, how do I put this? You could read them without words almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, his scripts are so fucking dense, too. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, even yeah, for Miracle Man, when I was reading through the script, it was just like the first page with the truckers on it, that's like a good two pages of reading um, yeah. just for those, like, handful of panels. Like, it's, it's crazy the amount of detail that he puts in and the amount that, you know, even Dave Gibbons was saying that with his scripts, he would just highlight certain words because he wouldn't be able to read the whole script and understand what was going on. He yeah. would just highlight key phrases and then build the, his panels off of those highlighted aspects he brought out. Yeah. yeah. So it definitely adds a lot more to the book once you realize that. Um, but yeah, it's a... Uh, it's quite the beast to take on if you're fresh to comics, honestly. Yeah, it's one of those ones you kind of need to appreciate things a little bit first. And then if you dive into this, if you like, it, it's the great escape from, you know, Superman. And it's a good approach to like that kind of hero going in this direction. You know, you never, mm -hmm. none of this had never happened before um, in whatever, 1982 when this came out, 83. And so it was just like a really intense take on the superhero you know genre and outlook yeah and being a revamped british hero that was a revamped american hero you know that's a revamped <laughs> superman like it's just it's a crazy little trail of history but um, it is like anything alan moore has done it's excellent fan fiction you know mm -hmm. and oh that's what it always comes out to alan moore's fan fiction yeah it's never something completely original um it's always just kind of pulling from like what you're saying the history of a character and reshaping it from there, um, mm -hmm. remolding something, you know? So yeah. there's something something to kind of say and admire about that. You know, he's the greatest comic book writer ever, but at the same time, you're like, I original ideas don't really come from Alan as much as he remolds original ideas, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, everyone yeah. does as influences, but he literally directly takes and carries on. You know what I mean? Watchmen is yeah. directly taken. Everything you know? from hell is like a take on Jack the Ripper, um, but that that's a historical like almost yeah i mean it's not it's point, not fig it's like a fictional retelling of like an actual like life event yeah and it's, it's crazy the amount of research he did for that one yeah the books that are cited for that that's but, just a total and then such a rabbit hole his other series promethea or whatever is it called oh yeah promethea um, the american that's, best comic stuff yeah i think Tom that's based Strong. off like what is that based off of? I don't know what Prometheus is directly based off of, but like Tom Strong and all that stuff, that's all based off of those old um, Doc Savage and kind yeah. of the way uh, Planetary was by Warren Ellis, um, how it was lifting from, you know, the shadow and Doc Savage and those uh, really pulp kind of heroes that were out during that time. 
Um, those I have a lot of those in single issues. I would love to dive into those at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Supreme should come before all of that because of the rest just kind of is more fun. But I really want to read Promethea. I, I, I fucking own it. I should yeah. read it. Just another one to the list of the vast Alan Moore collection. Yeah. And um, we'll cover more. I mean, this was a solid, uh, good little info dump, but um, stay tuned for more Alan Moreness. But you got anything else? Just, um, I really need to read his novel that he wrote that took 10 years, but oh, well, I don't even, yeah. <laughs> I've read, I've, I have, uh, I have two copies of that book. I have a signed copy of that book from Alan Oh, you Moore. do? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's so thick and intimidating. I bought another version where it's broken up into three volumes. Yeah, I've seen that and, one, yeah. Yeah, and that, I've read book one of it, but when I read book one, I would literally listen to the audio book of the chapter I just read to make sure I absorbed it all. Like That sounds about right. That I would read a chapter, listen to the audiobook of the chapter, and then yeah. just read it that way. And it was just, I never got to book two. <laughs> nice. And uh, then I tried <laughs> to read, was it A Voice of Fire? I don't know if it's here. It's downstairs, I think. Like A Voice of Fire. It sounds like a um, a David Lynch thing. But <laughs> his the entire chunk, first third of that book, is through the perspective of like a caveman and Alan Moore writes like a caveman. Oh, wow. I and did not know that existed. it's hard for your brain to like <laughs> take it in. And it shifts characters after a bit, but I just couldn't do that. I need, a, <laughs> I just, I need something else. You're like, I need a break. Yeah. Now, all I, I could say is uh, just check out Miracle Man. Go in blind. Like just don't do any research besides like yeah. small history tidbits. Once you engulf the whole thing and get caught up to like the Neil Gaiman stuff, then watch all the video essays, watch all the interviews, read all the interviews, look at all the bonus stories, and that makes you appreciate the series even more so, I think. Yeah, you know, I I read the whole series before I did research on it. Exactly, and same here. That's the best way to take on this series. Just take it as it is, and then like if you want to know more, like it's going to open up a rabbit hole. Yeah, but that's all I got for now. All right, well... Thanks for hanging. Thanks for having me.